It's episode 157 of the Platformers, a show about nerd culture. I'm your host, Brian Barnett. And I'm Joshua Mobley. Today we're going to talk I'm about here. actually not that many things. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be probably... Probably still crossed. just as long. <laughs> probably just as long as, as every other episode. But fingers crossed yeah. it might be a little bit shorter. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about my updated thoughts on Paradise Killer after I beat it. We're going to talk about Hades... Um, 1.0 now that I've made it quite a ways uh, into the game completed the game question mark but have not gotten to the credits mm. um, because in in Hades things work a little bit differently and I'm going to just touch very very briefly on East Origin which I started playing uh, this previous week uh, and then other than that we've just got um, Josh wants to talk about some spell break and then we're going to mm-hmm. talk about loading times for next gen and oh, yeah. updates on that save data uh, yeah, which was we like a whole about. thing this week, which seemed a lot worse on Monday. And now by the end of the week, I had so much happened that we're not going to talk about on this on this uh, yeah. show because this is a show about video games. But like so much happened this week that I just yeah. completely forgot all about it until I saw the thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a whole thing on Monday when we were all. It's been an out. absolutely insane week for basically everything. Yeah. Except video games. Uh, in which case, video games, it's been, it's kind been of actually whatever. fairly yeah. slow week. Yeah. yeah. Which is odd because as Josh pointed out before we started recording, there's like five weeks left until the next generation of uh, uh, yeah. video game consoles. I think we counted uh, it's come out six. Six. Um, yeah, it's about 50. So you'd think it days. would be getting really nuts, but you'd think, but. But it's not. Not really. Still yeah. no UI for the PS5. Uh, still not a lot of like answers to questions that people have. I feel like for Microsoft, we basically know like everything at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, which, they which don't I, they don't have like a which flagship. Is probably why I'm yeah like I'm like very excited about that. Yeah. Whereas I'm just kind of like bleh on the PS5. I'm like yeah. sure, yeah, Demon Souls and Miles Morales, but like this is a whole console. Like it's not just the games that are coming out. Like I want to yeah. know about the console. Yeah. But I mean, sure, there's also no, from what I remember, no flagship kind of AAA next gen title for Xbox anymore on launch day, but still it's like, like we've talked about a bunch the value prospect is like incredible. Uh, and then, well, yeah, and, yeah. but the, like still, even though there's no like launch day first party stuff, there's still going to be like, Call of Duty Cold War. It's going to look ridiculous yeah, on like, there. There's still yeah, like there's, there's a lot of other stuff that's going to be out there on day yeah, one. It's gonna you've look got amazing. that and you've got like Valhalla and uh, like all the other like Cyberpunk, is but br- it, which won't is be. Is Bright Memory Infinite coming out day one? I thought it was. I don't know. That's that's what the campaign by Remedy. It's it's the Bright Memory has been out. Or no, no, no. I'm thinking of Crossfire X. Mm, I'm thinking um, of Crossfire X. I don't know, actually. No yeah, idea. Bright Memory is out on Steam now, but Bright Memory Infinite is coming to Series X. And then Crossfire X is the big multiplayer game that's like huge in China or something. And Korea, it's coming out here. I think. Korea. Uh, but it's got a uh it's got a uh, a campaign that I think they said was made by Remedy. Um it's never had a single player, it's just been a multiplayer so yeah. yeah. Which I think was mainly to help sell it in the West. Oh yeah. 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 Like hundred percent. Um I mean, I mean, it's coming we'll, to Game Pass, so we're going to have it. So, <laughs> Yeah, it'll be free. I mean, it'll be free for you to try if you have Game Pass. So I always, yeah. if I if it's no, 
you know, like I try a lot of free games because I'm just very curious. Yeah. And also because it's free, I have nothing to lose except my time. And if I don't yeah. like it, I just won't play it. So, yeah, if you, um, if, yeah, if you don't like it, you don't have to spend a lot of time with it. You could just leave. Exactly. So, so what do you want to start with a, other than, other than that? Uh, do you like, do you want to go more into that, into the save game thing? And you know, we're already on it. I know you listed, well. you listed, uh, load times, which the, now that people have <laughs> Xbox series X's, like in their homes or at least mm-hmm. the prototype models of it. Like we're starting to see some of these load times are like ridiculous actually. Yes. Um, um I, I'm going to pull up the, uh, thing we did on it, but, um, digital foundry did like an incredible video breakdown of, uh, because there's no like next gen games that people can play yet. They couldn't test like yeah. how good those load. So they were testing. I also, yeah, I also stuff. watched this video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're all there. Everybody was basically testing current gen stuff and some stuff from even further back. Like they tested some 360 games and stuff just to see how they ran. Um, all, all things with uncapped frame rates so that they could, uh, basically, you know, uh, just get the see most what it could do or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, the quick resume stuff is really cool, though we'd seen a video of that, but it was nice seeing it from, oh God, getting autoplay. There we go. From um, not Microsoft. Yeah, I was on, I was on GameSpot trying to find, we had like a whole table with our tests and stuff. Um, but it's nice seeing it from like an outside Xbox. Yes, it, like it, it is one thing to see the quick resume and all that stuff from Microsoft, but you're always a little like, has, not has this been edited or but is this like totally accurate right um because yeah. it is coming from internal so like you always feel like it like, they have a vested interest in you thinking that it's really impressive so yeah. they have a vested interest in making it look really impressive yeah uh but when you get there's a reason that there are things like bull yeah. shots but when the press <laughs> when the press gets a hold of it and stuff yeah. and then can run a bunch of tests then you can compare numbers with everybody else but the numbers seem to line up very closely with what Microsoft has shown. But like um, they were only testing current gen and then a few like last gen by which I mean like PlayStation 3 and 360 or well, they were testing 360 games, obviously. Um, yeah. Just to kind of see how stuff loaded. And what breaking the, the, the loading- series S can play <laughs> PS3 games and the PS5 can't. Whoa. That would be crazy. Um, but the the load times are cut down like significantly, sometimes down to down by like 75 percent in some cases. Uh, yeah, like they one of the ones we did was on the Outer Worlds, which on Xbox One X takes 43 seconds to load. But on the Xbox Series X, it only took 11 seconds to load. That's awesome, which is crazy. The, the biggest one was Red Dead Redemption 2, which on the Xbox One X took two minutes and eight seconds and on the series x it took 38 seconds which 38 seconds yeah. still feels like a lot to me but it does you know. but when you look at what red dead 2 is loading in that time yeah. it's kind of insane um, the other one that these two are really staggering so like control it's almost a minute it's like 58 seconds on the one x to load but it's 10 seconds on the series X. Oh, hell yeah. And then final fantasy 15 on the one X is like a minute and 11 seconds, but on the series X, it's 13 seconds. That's ridiculous. And 
that's really nice. But I am also still very curious to see what current gen or, or what the next gen stuff's going to load like on that hardware. Because the only one that I think we've really heard about was that um, I can never remember the freaking name of it. But the but the girl with the staff, the magic. It's like slightly cartoony. It's a PS5 exclusive. Um, oh, Kena Bridge of Spirits? That one. Uh, they claim it loads in 10 seconds. And uh, which is insane to me because it looks like a Pixar movie. Yeah, um, it does. But Although that's Pixar all movies load and, instantly. Uh, the, the frame rate <laughs> stuff is also great, too. Yeah, they do. They do load instantly. Um, but yeah, it's very impressive very cool i'm curious to see how a lot of this stuff will have like you know ha happen on the ps5 um but i also am like we don't really know what is even going to be compatible on the ps5 like when it comes in so there's going to be a lot of yeah. testing i'm sure a lot of people are going to find games that are just straight broken and they're going to need patches or fixed or something um but on like, playstation yeah, on PS5. I have a I have a feeling that might happen. Um but these are really cool. I I'm sure this has happened to you, but it's happened to me before like I've literally booted up a game and it takes so long to load that I convince myself not to play it and then I just leave. Yeah. I've done that so many times. Um it doesn't happen often, but it'll definitely discourage me from playing a game like mm -hmm. being able to like the the load times on Bloodborne was good enough to like overcome that, but for games like Red Dead, where I'm like kind of on the line of whether I even want to play it or not, yeah, like ha the the ridiculous load times are can become a factor, yeah. Um, but I was I was talking to Ryan McCaffrey uh, about this, and I I was like, I know you have to send it back, but like I'm kind of envious that you've got the you know the Series X, and he's like, it's you know, it's. There's there's not even any next gen stuff on it, and I'm like, yeah, but like that quality of life stuff, like those load times and quick resume, mm -hmm. like that's stuff that I want in my life now. Like I want to be shaving yeah. these seconds off of everything I do. I know. You know, I want that now too. I want my I want my PS4 games to run better. Uh, yeah, like, like a now, lot of people but... are like, yeah, we don't have any we don't have any you know first party games, and I'm like, yeah, but like. As somebody who plays stuff on Xbox, even Xbox One X, that's like currently the most powerful console you can get, when I load things up on my PC, which is several years old, like older than my One X for sure, um, things load way faster. And so the idea of like going downstairs and even playing the same game, like on PC versus on console, like I just veer more towards PC because things load really fast and I like that. And now mm -hmm. I might have a console in my house that can load things faster than my PC. And it's just like, hell yeah, why not? Like, why wouldn't I? Like, why do I even care if I have Cyberpunk? Like, if I can just keep playing the same games that I'm playing now, but they look better, they run like crazy faster and they load like almost instantly. Like, why wouldn't I want that? I mean, I imagine... To, to me, that's 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 worth it. Yeah, I mean, I imagine Cyberpunk is going to work on Series X and PS5 at launch. The only thing is that it just won't have its next-gen patches, which are coming at some point. I don't know when, but presumably they will run better on those anyway. So, like, I'm well, still... Well, and, like, one of the things that Microsoft that. was saying is that a lot of, the, like, 
you can do additional patching, but like everything, it's it's going to be like uh, like one X optimization. Like you don't have to have it. Yeah. Like right now, I I play Dragon Ball Fighters on there, and it's up it's upscaled to four K, which I didn't know because it looks so good. It looks like it's native four K, but like you know, Arc System Works and Bandai Namco didn't optimize that for one X. Yeah. But it still looks ridiculous. It's so like sometimes you're, it's you're hard gonna... to tell, honestly. Yeah. Like I like it was so funny to me when people made a big deal. It's like, oh, the S can only do 1440p and everything's upscaled to 4K. I'm like, are you even gonna like notice? Like you might notice a little, but does it really matter? Like, does it make the game better to have that little bit of just like squeezed out? You know. Um. I don't think yeah. it does. Like, I, I, I care a lot more about how a game... Like, obviously, I want... I like games that look good, but I want games that are fun and I that, you know... I care more about how it makes me feel, not necessarily how it looks, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I do care about UI. I need UI to be, like, functional and not just... Yeah. Just a bunch of things on screen. So that gets a little that's one of the things that i that i noticed like today i hopped onto the psn for a moment and uh and i was like man this is especially compared to the new xbox one x store interface the ps4 store interface is really sluggish i never and, i never even use it on the playstation i use it on a web browser which in which case it looks even worse um I, it's more it's more usable <laughs> yeah but this is one of those things where it's just like I like as I went in and I looked into the PS Plus menu and it ha- they had like these pop ups that have like like parallax scrolling as you go from left to right with like the figures. And I'm like, this looks good, but it doesn't work well and it doesn't, doesn't like well. perform well. And it like Sony can have like a super crisp and clean looking UI, but like it doesn't make sense the way that it's like it's. The PSN forever has been a patchwork mishmash, which is why we couldn't change our usernames for so long. Yeah. All this sort of stuff. That's just the way that it is. And it took them like a year and a half, two years to finally get it to work. Um, Yeah. Which is nuts. But it's funny because the PlayStation Store has essentially been the same since the end of or near the end of the PlayStation 3. It has not changed that much and it still doesn't work that well, even on current gen we'll see if it's any different on the five um but yeah 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 it's like it looks nice but it's always slow and uh just doesn't function that well i i uh speaking of i the think ex- they i think they're pretty clever at like hiding how long it takes pages to load um uh-huh. whereas like when like before the the big before a lot of the UI updates for the Xbox One, um, like it would just be like a dark screen with a circle that was spinning. Whereas like the PlayStation didn't do that. Like it loaded up so that it was like a blue background, and then it would like pop frames, and then it would like populate those frames with the games and stuff like that. So there was like something for your eye to look at, other than like just reminding you that hey, this is loading right now. You're like we're getting there. Hold on, <laughs> and like. And like the the difference is is that Xbox has essentially just taken those loading screens and like basically deleted them, even on the current stuff on the store, and on the Xbox One UI. And like 
as there's as the the PlayStation Store has become more and more fleshed out, it's like it's kind of like popping at the seams, like a shirt that's too small for somebody. Like I'm just like this is like I don't is this gonna is this gonna stay on? I think, like, I think I part of it too is like a lot of stuff auto plays trailers and things on the PSN store, and it just really it's a unnecessary. It up, yeah, it eats up and it memory. makes everything load way slower. And it's like if I want to see a trailer, I'll watch. Just let me click a button and I'll watch the trailer. But like I, I'm just trying to take a look at something, you know. It's, it's it becomes a lot. So um, yeah. I did poke around. It's not the it's not quite the same, but I poked around on the Xbox app on PC and was looking at um, just like game store and like search functionality and stuff. And I was actually really surprised at how like deep you can get with the search. And you, yeah. like you can there's all these different tags that you can select, sort of like Steam. Where you can be like, yeah. I want a puzzle platformer that's got a, you know, whatever, like the, this thing. And it'll yeah. show you everything with those tags. It's like, it has a lot of that. And I'm like, man, I don't know why Sony hasn't done this yet. It's maybe just because they're like, I, oh, we'd have to go through and tag everything. And it's like, yeah, kind of. But I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, get an intern to do it's, it. I don't know. It's like a lot of other things. Like, I think the reason why Sony doesn't do it is because, and this, like, people have said this. Like, mm-hmm. Jonathan has said this. Like, Sony isn't doing, like, all this stuff because they don't have to. Like, yeah. Because people are still, people are still drinking the Kool-Aid. So it doesn't, they don't have to do quality of life stuff. They don't have to do accessibility stuff. They don't have to do all that. And people are still lapping it up, which I think is ridiculous. But that's the state of it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what they did with the, ps3 where they're like the ps2 so successful so it's like you know highest selling console ever at the time because a lot of a lot of it just due to the dvd player but still they're like oh it's like you'll buy this it's got blu-ray in it it's gonna be a second job yeah and then just didn't work and then they 599 us dollars yeah and they learn their lesson and then they're coming back this gen they're like well we know our crowd they're you know PlayStation 4, one of the top 30, three yeah. best-selling consoles of all time. Yeah, they're like 25 to 40-year-old men. So we'll just make those games that they seem to like and keep pumping them out and be like, everything's fine. It's like, okay. All right. <laughs> we'll see. We weren't intending it to become this way. I was not intending became... it to be to come this way. We can move it on. Kinda... It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the, the save thing? Like, do, is there any detail yeah, that we, we need to go into? I mean, we started off this week thinking that PS4 saves were not going to transfer to the PS5, but that's not entirely true. Um, it's not strictly Sony, the case. Sony did come out and say that, like, if you play uh, Miles Morales on PS4 and then you get a PS5, your save will transfer. But the saves from the remastered uh so uh, Marvel Spider-Man will not transfer to the new version on PS5 because of something. I don't know. Um, and then Sega so also came out a, saying is that there a version Yakuza wouldn't of, Is there a version of Spider-Man remastered on PS4? Yeah. Really? Oh, wait. Uh, no, I don't how think there is. Rema- yeah, I was going to say, how do you remaster a game? On yeah, some- there's, okay. there, there's so not. So basically, the difference is... The difference is... Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is a different game than Marvel Spider-Man. I guess. Yeah. I mean, look like if you look at the remastered thing, like they they recast the guy. Like they or they they didn't recast the guy, but they like have a different model for Peter. Yeah, which is 
Like it's there it's, was so it's much kind of not remastered. It's kind of remade. Like there's so much there was so much drama around that this week, and it's I'm like, so man, freaking weird. I can't bring myself to care about this at all. I just don't care. Uh, well, just, and like it looks, it looks really it. great. It looks way better. Am I gonna play that game again? No. Yeah, I'm like, not gonna play I'm it not again. Playing, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting Miles Morales. Period, and that's it. And if I have to, if 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 it comes with the new, I don't even think it comes with it. I think you have to buy like the ultimate. Yeah, edition so to get the, I think Miles Morales by itself on PS5 is fifty dollars, and then if you buy the like ultimate one that comes with Marvel Spider Man Remastered or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's seventy dollars. Uh, hmm. Which I'm like, I, I played that game already. I don't need to do that again. So I'm just gonna buy Miles yeah. Morales. I'm pretty sure I got the platinum trophy in that game. I did. I hundred percented it. I beat it and I was like, cool. And then never played any of the DLC. I never. had so much fun with the combat that I was just like, I want to experience all of this. Yeah. Which is usually how like platinum trophies or hundred percent stuff on games goes for me. I'm just like, oh yeah, I love this game. I want to I want to play some more. Let's see what else there is. Let me see. Let me check out these trophies or these achievements. Yeah. I used so. to be, you know, really into trophies. I was one of those people, but now I just I couldn't bring myself to care. I realized how much it uh was kind of ruining games for me. Like it yeah. was making me do all of these things that I that I didn't want to do, but I was doing them because I was like I got to get the trophies. But then I'm like, why yeah. am I doing this? I could just play the game and have a good time and then be done done with it and move on. So, yeah, we've talked not, about this uh, before, but like trophies definitely did that to me. It triggered something in my like in like my mild. I, I, I don't have diagnosed OCD, but I have a suspicion that I have like mild OCD in certain areas mm-hmm. uh, and that and and for whatever reason, I feel like tro- specifically PlayStation trophies kind of trigger that in me and like trigger some sort of compulsion to do that sort of stuff in a way that achievements don't. So like switching over and gaming primarily on PC where like I could give a F less about achievements and Xbox where I like getting achievements, but I don't feel a compulsion to get all of them because if I get 930 out of a thousand, I still got 930 additional yeah. on my gamer score, which is cool. Yeah. I, I just, um, I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. I, I yeah, it's nice when I, I get, when I get really I think hard that's ones, the healthiest place to, to, to get. Yeah. yeah. Like I, there, there have been times where like, um, especially just because my friends and I play so much dead by daylight, there's a couple trophies in that game that are just like, you read it and you're like, that's never going to fucking happen. It's so crazy. You know, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to bother thinking about that. Like, and then and then, you and then you're playing and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, we're doing it. And then it happened. And you're like, oh, my God, I actually did it. It's like like one yeah. of them is one of them is like uh, there's a hatch that you can escape. So if you're the last person alive and you can't open all the doors, you can find this like secret hatch and just escape. Um, but the hatch will spawn when there's only one generator left. Uh, and if you have a key, you can open it. And one of the trophies is uh, to open it and then have literally all four survivors jump out at the same time. Which is like, it's it's like impossible. It's happened literally once in my like almost a hundred and maybe fifty hours playing the game, and it only happened because the uh, the killer happened to be AFK. <laughs> so like, nice, but it is one of those things where like it happens and you're like, oh my god, it's happening. You know, it's like I don't. It's like why why bother? Like why stress about yeah any any of that stuff? Like just just play your play your game. Play what game's gonna make you happy at that moment, you know? Just yeah, 
Have a good time. That's one reason why I'm really glad that Switch doesn't have achievements. Yeah, that, that, that was just... one of the biggest... Ta- it's funny because people complained, but then it, that was one of the biggest takeaways when we were all playing Breath of the Wild and stuff for the first time, and it's like, man, I feel like not pressured at all. It's so nice. Like, yeah, not I can just do whatever I want. All the time. It's like, yeah, and, it, and, and the only compulsion that I have to go over that hill and, like, explore that rock that looks like a skull is just because I want to, right? And it's just curiosity. Yeah, that's very nice. I, I, th- I think that, I think that yeah. Nintendo actually knows a bit about like that sort of pure discovery. Yeah, it's crazy and, that, and that uh, yeah. uh, Nintendo, like they've made open world stuff before, but not in like the traditional Ubisoft way that everyone makes it. But it's funny that just like right out of the gate when they're like, we're going to make an open Let's world try game this. and we're going to we're going to basically just rip ourselves off from the 80s when we did it with the original Zelda where they're like you can just go yeah. anywhere and your your primary goal is uh I, heard, I I think I think it was in that Nakey Jakey video I was just talking to you about the last of us one where he talks about Breath of the Wild and he's like the only goal you have in Breath of the Wild is kill Ganon and you can do that whenever you want so like but but everything you do in the game is toward that goal like wh- whether you're just exploring or you're like gathering resources or doing things it's like you're always just going toward that goal like defeat ganon right so yeah it's it's i i, I do think like breath of the wild is is a very impactful game that i think more people should rip off i know there was that what the genshin impact or whatever came out and people are saying it's yeah i was good, yeah i was just about to bring that up because it's supposed to be really good i heard it's i heard it's pretty good they're like oh it's more than just a rip off uh yeah so which i knew looking at it like you could tell because it's like very like japanese rpg whereas like breath of the wild is more nintendo kind of yeah like it it's has like, a it has this like ghibli like um we're not going to do what everybody else does kind of thing we're going to do something that's really like uh artful and even if some people don't like like certain things about it like the destructible weapons and stuff but, like we feel like this is what's best for what we're trying to accomplish you know kind of thing so yeah. um yeah but yeah genshin impact is supposed to be really good and i believe it's free so you can just play it it is oh my god yeah, yeah it says free on psn why is it free What's the what's the catch? I don't know, but it's supposed to be good. So a lot of people are playing it. All right. I guess I'll download it. It's free. So, yeah, I'm like, well, as we said before, we, right could, we can try it out. But yeah. So check that out. Um, I've heard good things about that. Um, uh, yeah. Somebody said, and I know that this could be this could be. I, I don't know if this is like a, a, a frowned upon if the word. If the term waifu is frowned upon, I have heard that it might be. So I just want to go ahead and brace that. But I have heard people refer to Genshin Impact as Breath of the Waifu, <laughs> oh my which God. I think is is pretty great. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So there's that. Um, uh, speaking of free to play games, I know you got another one that you want to talk about. Yeah. Uh- Dude, on a freaking lark, this happened. Um, so on a freaking lark, on this a happens. freaking lark, um, we were me and uh, two of my friends were hanging out on PSN, doing something like we had we had we played something and we didn't really know what to do, so we were just kind of hanging out and we started looking at the store, just kind of 
exploring a little bit. And while I was exploring, I saw Spellbreak, which is free. And in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of wanted to try that because I actually, funny enough, I got in the alpha for it um, on the Epic Game Store when it when they first sent out alpha invites. I was like, sweet, I'll try this. Never did. <laughs> Never awesome. touched it once. Um Cause I was just like, and then I forgot kind of. And then I remember seeing a thing maybe like a month or two ago that was like, it's out. I'm like, Oh, okay. They finished it. Cool. But I hadn't heard anything really about it. Uh, and so I saw it and I was like, why not? I'll give it a try. It's free to play. I know it's a battle Royale and like, it's probably won't replace things like apex for me, which I don't really, I don't play that often, but I still really love. Um, so I was like, whatever, I'll just download it, start downloading it. And they're like, oh, it's only 10 gigs. So it'll be done in 10 minutes, right? Your fast internet. So I was like talking to them, like, oh, I'll just try it out. And then they were like, sure. All right. They start downloading it. And and I was like, the only thing I know about this is that it's like a battle royale, except there's no guns. You're, you're a wizard. So you cast spells. I was like, that's that's all I know. Um, did the tutorial. And I was like, seems all right. Seems cool. And then we all fin managed to finish the tutorial at the same time. Um, we're like, yeah, this seems kind of neat. Like, this seems pretty cool. And then after like two or three games, we were like, dude, this is, a this is awesome. <laughs> and then we ended up playing till like two in the morning. Um, and we've played a fair bit since then. I would say maybe we've put in 20 hours into it. One we've won a couple times. I'd say that's more than a fair bit, but yeah. Well, I mean, over the course of a week and a half, maybe. Um, some of us have played yeah, more than lot. others. Like me and my friend Miguel have played more than uh, Nicole and our friend Elaine, who play with us, but we've played less. Um, but it's really cool. So it is a battle royale where you are a wizard. Um, and you basically, instead of weapons, you find these things called gauntlets. Or you just find gauntlets. I don't know why I'm like, these things called gauntlets. Um, you find gauntlets that each have a magical ability attached to them. So there's six of them. There's, there's an element for each one. So there's a fire gauntlet, an ice gauntlet. There's one called toxicology, which is just like poison uh, sludge and poison clouds. There's electricity. There's uh, tempest, which is wind. And then the other one is stone, which is self-explanatory. Um, but they each do completely different things. They each have uh, like a primary fire, which is just like, you know, your what you shoot at people with. And then they all have an ability. Were you going to ask something? No, 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 no. I was oh. just counting in my head. You were doing for that face. something. I'm going to talk for something I'm going to talk about later. OK, um, so each of those has different abilities and then they have uh, different perks that you unlock as you play uh, as you level up. And you level up by just going to the save zone. So there's not like a, I'm killing you more, so I'm stronger. There's none of that. It's like the longer the game goes on, everyone just gets inherently stronger. Um, so you unlock these like really cool and interesting perks that when when we first started playing, we were like, this is fun. Like I'm shooting fireballs at people and I'm making, you know, ice tempests and lobbing boulders and doing that kind of stuff. But then you start Sounds to good. like yeah. you start to notice there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of like really hidden depth in the game that was not at all expressed really in the tutorial. Like one of the things they tell you in the tutorial is that you can mix spells. So like one of the examples they give you is like 
you start with the fire gauntlet because it's like the easiest to understand. It's like primary fire. You throw a fireball. You're like, cool. And then the ability is you make a big like fire wall, like just a big straight line of fire. Um, but they're like, we're going to put a tornado out in front of this, you know, bot that's going to stand here that you're going to murder. Right. So we teach you and they're like, throw a fireball into the the uh, tornado. So you do that and then all of a sudden it's a fire tornado and it does AOE damage to everyone caught in it. So it's literally pulling people in and damaging them at the same time. That's you already that already sounds awesome. So at first you're like, oh, that's neat. But there's so many more <laughs> like almost every element mixes in some strange way. So uh, frost. What, what is it? Uh, what is it? Um, uh, antipode or antipode or whatever from uh, from Chrono Trigger where you combine like the fire and the ice abilities from Marl and uh, Luca or whatever. Sure. I played I played Chrono Trigger so long ago, so I don't I don't remember much. I I know for a fact we have at least one listener who's very into that. Yeah, I liked and it. I liked it at the time, but it, it wasn't uh, like my favoriteest thing ever, as I've not replayed it since. But I get why people yeah I get why people love it because it's very cool. Um, yeah, there's like almost every element can mix together and do some kind of crazy thing. So uh, one of the ones we found out that they teach you in the tutorial also is like when you have the toxic gauntlet and the fire gauntlet, toxic gauntlet ability is to throw like this ball and then it blows up into like a big cloud smoke that will damage and slow people. Um, but if you throw a fireball into that, it explodes. And so the, it will go away, but it creates this big AOE explosion like mm. around in the area. So like if you want to do a lot of burst damage, you run those both and you can like throw it and it while it's throwing, throw a fireball. And it'll very quickly just do like a big explosion. Um, so hmm. you're like, oh, that's cool. And then same with that toxic cloud. It's like you can toss electricity in there and it won't get rid of the cloud, but it'll spread it and make electricity just shoot out of it and shock people, which will stun them and stuff. That um, must have been a fun like writer's room. Like, yeah. What, can, what weird thing can we do? Yeah. So just like, what can we do with these? Yeah. The other thing too is uh, like frost. Frost is like the sniping class. So it's a big like bow and arrow that you wind up and then you can like fire it. And if you hit people, it does like a lot of damage, but it's really hard to hit. But as like, are you shooting like icicles or something? Like just big, like, yeah, icicles that look like arrows basically. Um, and one of the cool things about it is it's like multifaceted. It's like, it's a sniper thing too, but its ability is this big storm that you can drop uh, and people who get caught in it become frozen. And then you can do like a free, you know, pot shot on them if you do it fast enough. Oh, that's um, great because that helps out people like me who are not good at sniping. But the oh, Tempest, the, the uh, whirlwind is multi uh, use. So we found out that if you're running stone and ice, if you, do the big storm and then you do the the ability for the stone the boulder that you throw becomes an ice boulder and then it flies in the air and whatever it hits it just leaves all this ice everywhere which will like slow people down and stuff um there's so many like you can go on like some the ice melts and becomes water and you can electrocute it and then you just have like electricity on the ground everywhere Jeez. There's, there's all of these things and then on top of that you have like perks you unlocks you you come with a build where you're like okay i'm running this thing called thirsty which means that anytime i use consumables it goes 15 percent faster it takes like a lot like a second less time for me to consume it but if i'm in a team and my teammates are next to me they'll also get the benefit 
So if we're all huddled up and we're like, we need armor, the person with thirsty can just pop armor and everyone will get it because of that. So then you end up like coordinating with your friends, like what perks are you using? What gauntlet are you using? And then you create these like builds that so you go like into Borderlands. the game with. It's kind of like Borderlands. I wouldn't compare where it's it to just that. Like, where it's just like, hey, I'm going to do this so I can be like the tank or whatever. Like kind those of, sorts of things. Kind and, of. But yeah, I, when, I when you've got yeah. regular people you're running Borderlands with, then yeah. it, can, it can get like that. Um, but yeah, so you create these kind of like builds and then you'll be like, well, I'm running, uh, you know, toxicology, which is like smoke and sludge. And it's almost like a shotgun. It's like the closer you are, the more damage you'll do and stuff. Uh, and there's a perk on toxicology that's like super cool. So if you hit like level two or three, it says that if you're invisible and you shoot someone with the primary fire, it does like 20% more damage. So then at that point, you have these other things called runes, which are abilities you can find, which some of them make you fly. Some of them make you go invisible. Some of them are like a dodge. There's a bunch. So like then if you're running that and you want to get crazy, you can be like, everyone keep an eye out. I need an invisibility rune so that I can go invisible and sneak up behind people and just shotgun them with toxic sludge and do more damage. And you start to create these like builds and your friends look out for like, oh, I found a better thing for you. And you're like looting and all that stuff. Hmm. To make a long story short, it is a lot more deep than I was expecting. It's very fun. Um, it's very fast too. Like you can float and do all these things. And uh, so like people are just like flying around each other, like doing all these crazy things and like mixing powers and all kinds of stuff. It's it's surprisingly deep. Um, and then I will also say that the microtransactions are really, really fair. I was kind of shocked. So there's only there's literally who, one uh, who hmm? made this. Uh, it's a I think it's a new studio. They're called Proletariat. And I think Go or not Google. <laughs> I think Epic uh, published the game because it's on the Epic okay. Game Store. OK. And uh, also the game has crossplay right now. And it's on everything, literally everything. It's on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Uh, oh, cool. And so crossplay is there from the get-go. Um, and uh, like, there's one currency in the entire game. It's gold. And you can earn gold by leveling up or like, just doing certain in-game challenges. Like You get daily missions, and you do them, and they give you some gold. Or you can just buy gold. And so there's a shop where you buy everything for gold, you can you can grind it out and be like, oh, I want this costume, buy it, didn't pay anything for it. Or you can be like, I have almost enough gold, I'll pay the five buck, five dollar difference and get the thing. You know. Whatever you want. Like it's 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 freaking lovely. And I'm like, why doesn't everyone do this? Why doesn't everyone just have the one currency that I can either grind out if I really don't want to pay you any money, you know, to 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 get the stuff, or uh, you know, that I can just like Oh, two bucks and I'll have the thing I want. Yeah, all right. You know, throw it in, whatever. Um, it's freaking great. There's also no battle pass yet. I hope there never is, honestly, because I feel like it would kind of ruin the game for me a little bit. But mm. no battle pass. Um, but it, it is early. So the only thing you can really do is like solos, duos, and then squad, which is three people. Um, and then there's like a practice mode where you can mess with stuff and like pick up specific items and runes and like do science basically be like, what does this do? But, um, other than that, yeah, I, I think it's really good. It's free. I would, I 
highly recommend it if you like battle royales and stuff. I think it is more fun with your friends just because of the coordination aspects of it and like the building and all that. But I do enjoy it in solos as well. Um, hmm. Yeah. Spellbreak. Catch the fever. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Catch the fever if you get the what is it? Toxic. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> you'll catch you'll catch that fever. You'll catch all the fever. Yeah, I will also say that like okay. last last thing is like there were so many powers in the game that I thought like this sucks. And then when you finally read all the perks and do it correctly, like what they want you to do, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, this is like the strongest thing in the game. <laughs> like, this is incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's very good. Highly recommend it. Everybody should check it out. Cool. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, so I finished Paradise Killer, um, and I know that we talked about that last week, but I wanted to kind of give my kind of final summation of it, having now completed it and not just being like basically halfway through. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually wasn't halfway through. I was like two thirds of the way through my particular, uh, thing. So basically, um, as I talked about last week, Paradise Killer is a game that is available on both uh, Steam and Switch. It's 20 bucks. It is a mystery. It's an open world kind of not a visual novel, but like very much like one of those Danganronpa or um, Zero Escape slash 999 games where you're going around, you're like solving these different things. It's actually not that much, now that I think about it and say it out loud, it's actually not that much like Zero Escape because you don't really solve many puzzles and the ones that you do are pretty simple. It's basically find this thing hidden around the area, like find this gemstone hidden around the area, put it in a statue nearby that matches it, like, and then it opens a door and then you head inside and find some clues. Like it's pretty much it. So it is way more like um, Danganronpa than that sort of a thing. Um, the interesting thing about this, and this is kind of the two-edged sword that I want to talk about with Paradise Killer. I really like what it is doing. I think the world that they've created is amazing mm -hmm. and like disturbing and weird. Um, like I said before, it is very kind of Lovecraftian, but in a very... Um, not polished way, but like imagine combining like a Lovecraftian story with like a very polished, very positive, very kind of effervescent futuristic setting. Like imagine that there are all these terrible things happening. It's kind of like, um, you know, we happy few, like where it's mm -hmm. like something terrible is happening here, but there's a veneer of it being like really great. Um, it's like that, but more exaggerated. Like the things that are happening in the universe of Paradise Killer are like terrifying and awful, but everyone is really hot. Everyone is like just in, <laughs> there's this there's this there's like you're you're on an island paradise. Oh yeah. Like there's all this peppy, really happy music everywhere mm -hmm. it's like it's like but everything like it, it, it it's so crazy because it's not like 
something like, you know, Dead Island, where it's like, oh, this is a really nice resort, but people are dead everywhere. It's like, no, no, no. You don't see any of the death, really. Um, It's just this immaculate, pristine, like, quote unquote, perfect island. And everybody that's alive is really happy. And you don't see anything that's like scary or untoward. It's just this very surreal like bonkers experience. And I have to applaud them for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, do, it doesn't feel like any other video game setting I've ever experienced. And for that, I think that it's, it's worth a play alone. And I really like how it parses out clues as you explore. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, where, where I think that my review gets into like mixed territory is I think that, that the the big pull of this game is oh it's like Danganronpa except instead of being 2D and very kind of focused and narrow this is a kind of sprawling open world and i think that that is both the game's biggest strength and its biggest weakness mm-hmm. um it's really strong because you can just wander around and find things like for example i'm just going to go into like one small aspect Mm -hmm. i i found i found a knife um at the bottom of this giant tower like by the water in a place where like i just saw something across the way i was like i definitely didn't have any plans to go there but i saw something sitting there and so i like walked over you know this area picked up the knife and was like huh that's weird and then later on i'd made it to the top of that of of the tower and i saw something else that was suspicious and i was able to be like oh this knife was probably used for this and what does that mean about what does that mean uh you know when i consider who this knife belongs to and the other clues that i saw in this area like based on the the number of clues that you find, you can infer different things about the characters and you can pick up, Hey, maybe this person is lying to me or Hey, maybe this person isn't really lying, but they're just not being entirely truthful. And like, what does that mean? Like, are they trying to hamper my investigation into this, this murder of the council or are they just trying to kind of cover their butts because they're not guilty and they don't want to be presumed guilty by this like all powerful judge and all this sort of stuff. Those sorts of things are really awesome. However, even though there is a fast travel system in the game, um, they don't, the fast travel system, unless you know where uh, specific individuals are located, it doesn't tell you. Um, so like once you know, oh, hey, this bar is where this particular character will be. So I know when I fast travel to that, in this menu-based fast travel system, that person will be there. Until you know that, it doesn't tell you, and I think that would go a long way of making this easier. Um, Also, a lot of the times, it can feel like you're just wandering around in kind of samey environments and just kind of poking around in places where there's really not a need for there to be a clue, but it is because it just feels like they've just been scattered kind of, not haphazardly, but like... There's a house here, and it clearly doesn't belong to any of these characters, but there's a clue in there that relates to one of them for some reason. Right. 
Like they didn't really think about it. They were just like, this one's far enough away from all the other ones. Just toss it in there. Yeah. And, but it's, but the, 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 the jarring thing about it is that it's not always that way. So like you'll get your, um, uh, uh, I I forget where this, where this actually, where this phrase came from, but you get your orgies of evidence. Like you get your like evidence dungeons where you'll walk into one room of an actual character's apartment. And there's like four pieces of evidence that you can string together with something else. Like you can see something clearly happened here and that sort of a thing. Like there are places like that where like the placement of items and things really does make sense, which is why it smacks me as very strange when that isn't the case, if that makes sense. Um, and, and because it, it often feels like such an empty Island as I'm wandering around, um, and like there are story reasons for that, but it doesn't change how it feels in your hands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, um, I basically wrapped it up and when you, when you, it's kind of like breath of the wild in that. I think that's funny that this kind of, uh, that this kind of came up. Although I think I may have touched on this last week. Um, although then it was just a suspicion. Now I actually know. Um, you can end the investigation whenever you want. When you first arrive on the island, there is a person in custody and there is a quote unquote like official story based on the reports that were given. And if you want to begin the trial at any point and just go with the facts as they've been handed to you, you can. Uh, and depending on what um, clues you found as you've traversed the island, you can question, you can throw that into like different light. You can kind of expand on it. Um, you, you can get like upgrades for your computer that let you break into different areas of the island, which let you find entirely new threads of, of stuff. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is it's very much like until dawn in that all of the characters can live, all of the characters can die. Um, and basically any permutation of that, depending on what you're getting into. And because of that, I find that there's like a lot of freedom, uh, in it. And I really, really like and respect that. And from a story standpoint, I think that it's freaking great. Um, and the characters are really interesting they've all got really weird names like Lady Love Dies and um, Dr. Doom Jazz and like uh, Sam Daybreak. They all have like these weird kind of um, almost like flower children names. Um, but yeah, uh, I just unfortunately, even though I wanted to see where the story was going, it got to the point where I just wasn't having fun traversing the world anymore i wanted to find the clues but i didn't want to have to do the hours upon hours of legwork that it would take me to get to the point where i had the entire story and so i basically just uh i was pretty sure this one person was guilty at least of lying straight to my face and all this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. so i just went with that and then during the trial some additional info came to light and I was able to bring it to a fairly satisfying conclusion, even though I definitely didn't wrap up even like half of the loose ends that were left. Um, but yeah, it, like if this is, if this is something that's going to be, and honestly, part of the reason why it may have been laborious is because I was already playing other games and I wanted to get back to those because I was having fun with them like Tony Hawk and Hades and different stuff like that. But, um, 
but I really like it. I just, I wish that it had, I actually think that I may have enjoyed it more if it was more like Danganronpa. Mm. Um, but then it doesn't really have the big hook, which is, Hey, it's a murder mystery like Danganronpa, but it's set in like a first person open world. Um, and, and without that hook, like would people have picked it up? Would it have, you know, that sort of thing. And I, and, and I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's a really interesting kind of inflection point for this genre because I haven't really seen a game done like this before. Um, so, you know, take that for what you will. I really liked it. I got to the point where I just wanted it to be over. And unlike many games, once I got to that point, I could just decide that it was over and go finish the game, which I think is cool. I'd just cool. be like, I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm going to do this I'm trial. Done. Yeah, call the trial. You're, I'm done. Yeah, and, and I basically was just like, all right, you're guilty. You're guilty. I'm going to prove it. Oh, I can't quite prove this thing. Okay, there we go. We're all doing <laughs> the thing where it's over. Gotcha. So I do I do find yeah. that appealing when you can end a game whenever you want, even in yeah. and even if it makes the ending bad or has consequences like it doesn't matter yeah. to me. Like it, it, it adds, I, yeah, I it adds a lot of expression and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so that's Paradise Killer. It's 20 bucks. It's pretty good. Cool. Awesome. Again, uh, the other not thing super been... into those games, but you're into them? Cool. Yeah. The other game that I'm playing mm-hmm. that I will not stop singing the praises of is Hades. Hades. Uh did we talk about this last week? Maybe a little, but we've talked about it a lot on the show. Okay, I did not. I did not talk about it this week or last week. Uh, according to the according to the show notes from last week, I did not talk about it mm-hmm. last week. But I jumped back into Hades. Um, Hades hit, hit its uh, 1.0 uh, thing. I did my early access review. Oh Jesus, when was it? Can you, while I'm talking, can you look up when it hit early access? Um, uh, I'm going to say it's like two years ago. Jesus, Louises. It was at like uh, a, uh, wasn't it at like the game awards when that happened? Oh, that sounds familiar. I feel like, like I feel like Greg Seven was there. They showed it and then it was like, let's see. Yep. It was December 7th, 2018. Says, wow! Introducing Hades now in early access. So almost, almost two years later, it came out. Yeah. So I reviewed that almost two years ago, the early access version, and I said it was awesome. Uh, I don't know in so many words because it was two freaking years ago, but it's in 1.0 now. It's gotten steady updates. It's been sitting on my uh, Epic Game Store browser. Man, it's hard to believe the Epic Game Store has been around for two years. Right. Um, it's I feel like uh, a lot of the. Um, drama around it has died down. We don't really hear about them getting exclusives and stuff anymore. Uh, like they have a couple of games that are not on anything else. Like they have, you know, Spellbreak, Dauntless, I think uh, Magic Arena, which you can install outside of the launcher, at least on PC, uh, is also on there uh, on Mac. You have to Fortnite, do it through Epic, which is weird. Stuff. Yeah, Fortnite. Um there's a there's a there's a lot of stuff on there uh that's like free that you can download and play that's only on there which is interesting my thoughts are still basically the same as they were then like the menu's not great the yeah. whole ui is not great but the games are good so 
And that's really what matters. Yeah, I, I almost never use it. I, I hadn't used it in maybe a year until we started playing Spellbreak and I saw that it had, you know, cross-play and cross-progression and all that. So I downloaded it on PC also so that I could try it out. Um, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of uh, game codes that I've either gotten from developers for review or just for work to work on for like wiki stuff, I've gotten uh, Epic keys. Mm-hmm. So like that's how I got... Um, well, not Red Dead. Uh, that's how I got Grand Theft Auto. That's how I got, uh, obviously, Hades. That's how I got, you know, Borderlands, stuff like that. So it, it might just be that, like, devs just have those on hand to give out or something. I don't know. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, so that's I, – I actually play on it fairly regularly. Um, cool. And since Hades came out in 1.0, I've been playing it freaking all the time. So I looked up um, how many hours I played it since you were talking about Spellbreak, playing 20 hours or whatever. Uh, since it hit 1.0 and, and I did not play it within like the first week or two of it hitting like the 1.0, I don't exactly remember when it went live. Um, but I know that there was a while where people were talking about it and I was like just doing a bunch of work and playing other things before I jumped back in. But once I did, uh, I've put a total of 50 hours in (laughs) almost 50 hours. The awesome thing, so to to give a, a sum up for anybody who's not aware, Hades is on um, the Epic Game Store on PC, and it's on Switch. It might be on other things. Uh, Josh, can you double check on that for me while I continue? Uh, I did check. Uh, it's, it is... it's Steam, Epic Game Store, and Switch right now. Okay. Because okay. we were, we had a conversation earlier where I thought it was on PlayStation, but it's not yet, apparently. Yeah. So. But it probably will be because it's a super giant game, so it probably will come there. Uh, and it'll probably come to Xbox as well, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I don't think Pyre came to Xbox One, but I might be mistaken. Didn't and I don't it, think Transistor did eventually. Either. I thought they did eventually. Did they not? Is Transistor over there? I know Transistor is on. I know that they came to to Switch. I don't know about Pyre. I know Transistor is available on Switch, uh, but I don't know about Pyre, and I don't know about Xbox. I feel like Xbox had Bastion. That was basically it. Um, I mean, I, that might be true. I actually don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So it, it might end up different places. I, and I honestly, I don't know if Super Giants talked about it, but they are one of my favorite devs. And for good reason, their art is absurdly good. Their music is insanely good. Um, the voice acting is superb. I love it. Um, and this is, I'm just going to put it out there flat on paper. This is the only great roguelike that exists. You can say what you want about all those other. Yeah, you, you know it's me. I'm coming with the hyperbolic. Uh, there he goes. Hyperbolic statements. I but disagree with I, this wholeheartedly, but continue. I truly, truly believe that this is the best rogue like ever made. Um, it's the only one I love, and you can't argue with that because that is an opinion. <laughs> Or that, that, is, I mean, that is a feeling. You can argue, you can't argue with, with them, but... You can't argue with my feelings. My feelings are, I love Hades. You can't... It well, is a delight and a joy to play. It's a top-down, um, like, kind of hack-and-slash dungeon crawler, procedurally generated, um, or I guess procedurally put together, because, like, a lot of the rooms are, like, the same. They're just, like, mixed and matched with different enemies and stuff like that. Um, the idea is you are, you are, uh, Zagreus, the son of the God, the Greek God Hades. You live in the underworld in the location, Hades. Think, uh, King Vegeta and Prince Vegeta and planet Vegeta. (laughs) Um, of course, but 
Um, uh, Zagreus discovers that um, his mother is like he has a mother. She is not who he thought she was. And she has left the underworld. And so he has decided he is going to try to escape the underworld to see her and talk to her and discover what happened, basically, and why she left and all these sorts of things. So to um, his father, Hades, is vehemently opposed to this plan. Um, but Nyx, the goddess of night, has decided to help him. And she has put him in contact with the gods of Olympus, your classic pantheon. Mm-hmm. Zeus, Aphrodite, Artemis, Ares, um, uh, Hermes, like just so many cool gods. Uh, did I say Aphrodite? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not Bacchus, but uh, Dionysus. Bacchus is uh, yeah. the Roman Bacchus is the Roman. Version. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, so basically what the support from your kind of Olympian uh, kin amounts to are different boons. And these boons can, you'll, you'll get a random selection of three of those whenever you accept a blessing from one of these gods. And this can happen randomly in different um, chambers. As you start out, you hop out the window of uh, the, the House of Hades and uh, and there will be some sort of benefit to you waiting right there. You choose your weapon. You've got you start off with the sword, and then shortly after that, you can unlock a spear, and then a shield, and then a bunch of different weapons. These are weapons of legend. These are weapons that were wielded by heroes of legend. For example, uh, like and they have different aspects that you'll be able to access later on, and those give their them different move sets, different aspects, different things like this. For example, the sword that you get is originally in the aspect of Zagreus because this is the form that the weapon took when it appeared to the main character. However, after you beat the game, after you actually complete and escape the underworld for the first time, you unlock the aspects. And then you can spend like some of your currency that you can win called Titan's Blood to unlock, let's say, the aspect of Nemesis. And what that gives you is... It makes it so after you use your special move, when you do your regular move afterwards, there's like an increased chance to get a critical strike. And then you can you can unlock like new different types of things. There are totally different ones. For example, the shield, you can bash people with it like Captain America, or you can throw it, you know. And there's another uh, aspect of that called the aspect of Zeus, where like instead of hurling it across the way and having it bounce between enemies and coming back, um, it just like spins really fast on the spot and then slowly moves across the screen. So it just becomes like area denial or something like that. Like there's a bunch of crazy different things that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bow. There's like all kinds of crazy weapons. So you pick those. You pick a keepsake if you have one from different um, – as you interact with different people, you can give them like the nectar of the gods and they'll reciprocate by giving you a keepsake, which will give you like a bonus to certain things. Um, which one of the cool things about that is if you give it to one of the gods, the keepsake they'll give you makes it such that the next boon you see is from them, which lets you really tailor your runs towards what you want. For example, Athena is one of my favorites because she 
all of her boons enhance your abilities and give them a property called deflect. What that means is, if anybody is shooting an attack at you, it will block it, negate, negate the damage that it would take, and send it back to the person who did it. So what you can do is you can get Divine Dash, which um, uh, gives your dash ability, which you will use constantly. It will give you 360 degrees of immunity while you are dashing and reflect back attacks, which makes it an incredibly powerful skill. So what you do is you equip uh, her, you equip Athena's keepsake, you go out and the first boon that you pick up is gonna be from her. And then if that's one of the three, you can just take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, later on you can you can unlock the ability to switch your keepsakes during your run several times. Um, like after you beat a boss, there'll be a room and your keepsakes will be there and then you can swap it out for one that's more helpful in the area ahead. Um, because of this, it is so much more enjoyable because you're not, unlike Dead Cells, you're not starting out a run being like, man, I really hope I get the Twin Blades. Right. You can be like, I'm taking the sword and I'm going to have the sword. Yeah. So you know, no matter what, you know, and it every time you die and you start out another run, um, there will be like one like blessed item that will give you 20% more of your kind of permanent upgrade currency. And so it incentivizes you to kind of roll with whatever has the bonus at the time, but you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically as you go along, you're getting this currency, you're getting, um, Charon's gold coins, and you can use those to buy things from the boatmen at different key spots. You can use those to buy from different shops around and get like healing items. If you're really in dire straits, or you can buy all sorts of stuff. There are so many different things that you can get to customize your character. Like if you look uh, at like some of my Twitter posts, like by the time I finished, um, by the time I finished a run, I had like freaking 30 different things like working for me. Like I had one where it was like strong drink from Dionysus, which means every time I drink out of a fountain, instead of restoring a little bit of health, it restores all my health and gives me like a 4% damage bonus for the rest of my run. Like every time, um, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff. There's, you know, uh, Dionysus's attack boons make it so that people are inflicted with hangover, which deals damage over time for a short while. Ares's abilities inflict people with doom, which when you hit them, a sword will hang above their head. And then a second later, it will drop and do another big hit of damage. You can get things that are like, you can run into armored opponents and armor is basically another yellow health bar on top of their red health bar. You can get abilities that are like, does 900% damage against armored if you find that obnoxious. Like there's all kinds of ways to customize your runs and there are so many different boons and later on you can unlock like duo boons where like Ares and Aphrodite will team up and their attacks will kind of combine that sort of a thing. Or you can like call on an incarnation of those gods to help you where like Artemis will show up and shoot 10 homing arrows at people and they have an increased chance of doing critical strikes. There's a bunch of really cool boss fights. They're all pretty intense. Um, And even like as you're going on, there are the most impressive thing about this game isn't actually how incredible it feels to play. It's in the vast, vast, 
unfathomably vast amounts of voiceover that is done in this game. Like I have played this game for 50 hours and still every time I die and I come back to the home base, there are several people waiting to say something new to me. And it's all voice acted. And it's all really skillfully voice acted. It's staggering. Um, the so, and I, I don't know. I've never beaten another roguelike because I just I get bored with them very easily. I get frustrated with them really easily. So I don't know if that's the case with them. But the interesting thing is, even after I beat this game, like I I got out, I achieved my goal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is a built-in reason for additional runs happening in the universe. And every time I escape, I learn more about the story. So even though I've quote-unquote like completed it, like I still want to keep playing it because there's still more to find out. Now, um, Tom was talking about, Tom Marks was talking about how he actually rolled credits on the game, mm-hmm. which means at some point, I'm assuming I get to quote unquote the end. Um, but I, and, and I like, I'm not going to stop till I get there. It's so good. I'm actually curious now. Hold on. Let me, let me look up our favorite site to uh, refer to. Uh, how long to beat on here. How long to beat. It's a now quality website. It really, really is. Hades main story. 15 and a half hours. Main plus extra 31 hours. Completionist 77 and a half hours. That's a, that's a good one. Cause you know, you can just keep going. Yeah. I'm the, the, the great thing about this game is this has become my everyday game. Mm-hmm. Like this and dragon ball fighters are like, I'm going to do a run in Hades. I'm going to play a little bit. I'm going to practice some combos. I'm going to learn some more stuff about dragon ball fighters. Maybe play some online matches with some friends whatever but this has become one of those games where like i'll look around and it's like 1 45 in the morning i'm like wow okay you're really gonna treat me like that yeah you're really gonna do that you're gonna like, make I'll have me dinner, focus on you I'm so like, hard and it's 1 30 in the morning <laughs> and the and the great thing is like if you're doing it like if you're really on a roll once you really start to kind of get a hang of it um like i i think my record right now is completing a run in like 23 minutes. Um, which is pretty fast. Uh, and in another nod to accessibility that I love, there is a God mode that you can turn on now. It might be before a little bit it was just a name, but now it's, but yeah, before now it was it's just a, a name. Now you actually, <laughs> you actually are a God, Yeah, but the interesting thing, and I've, I don't think I've ever seen a game that does it like this. Uh, when you activate God mode, which can be activated at literally any time from the pause menu, mm-hmm. um, kind of like the assist mode in Celeste, uh, you activate God mode, it gives you a boon on your kit, and it, it reduces the damage you take by 25%. And every time you die, that percent goes up 2%. Up to, I think, a maximum of 80% um, percent damage reduction. Which, I'm assuming, stacks with other damage reduction things that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can get, 
like abilities and boons that are like reduce your damage taken by like 20% or whatever. I don't know if you can ever get down to zero, but um, like that in and of itself is way better. Like, especially because this is, a, this is a game that like the focus is even more so than the exquisite gameplay. The focus is on the story. And for people who want to experience the story, this is really cool. And another thing is like, I've died like four or five times on the final boss, like right as I was about to win. And that stinks. But the sting of that is immediately taken away because as soon as, as uh, Zagreus wakes up or like comes to in the pools at the edge of the house of Hades, he's like, ugh, I was so close. Like, and then he, and then like you go up and you know, Hypnos, the God of sleep, uh, like is talking to you about it. And he's like, wow, and you almost made it, huh? That yeah. stinks, you know? So like every, like there, there is more waiting for you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as frustrating as, uh, as dying in other games like this and winning is way more satisfying because you get more of the story. Um, so I, I think it's just immaculate. Like I, if I had to rate this game, I would give it a 10. Uh, I think that this is, I mean, I, I've talked a lot of sugar about super giant games. You know, I like Bastion. All right really enjoyed transistor freaking love pyre and i think hades is my favorite um like the trend continues super giant keeps making better and better and more impressive games and i can't believe it like it's it's actually nuts yeah they are also very small um but i i i imagine that they their games are like so good and I feel like have such a shelf life that people just um, buy them kind of in perpetuity. And so they just must, these games, they must just have enough forever. money. Yeah. They must just have enough money to just keep being like, what do we want to do now? You know? Um, and, and again, like th this is the closest they've gotten to revisiting kind of a format, I guess. Mm hmm. No, 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 no. Because I actually think that Transistor is actually fairly similar to Bastion, as far as like gameplay. Top down. Even though it, yeah, top down. They're, yeah, I guess they're all top down. They're all top down. Yeah, games. in a way. <laughs> yeah, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, and uh, and Hades. But they're all kind of in different genres. They are. I would say they. Are. I guess. I guess Transistor and Bastion are different. Pyre is different because Pyre is like a sports game, and this is a roguelike. Um, but like, it's just very impressive to me. It's just incredibly impressive to me. It's, it's, this is a masterpiece. Hades is a masterpiece. It's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. Well, I can't speak highly of it enough. Like if, if you have a PC or a switch, like freaking go get this game. I don't even know how much, how much is it? It's like 20 bucks. Let's look I up think. how much it is. Aren't, aren't there like, games always it, 20 bucks? Are they really? I think so. Nintendo Hades. Hades for Nintendo Switch. Hades, this is twenty dollars. Uh, twenty steel. Twenty five bucks on Steam. Twenty five dollars on Switch. This is an absolute steal. Like, get this game. Get it. It looks just just look at it and tell me it's not beautiful. It is. 
You can't. And that's like all their Don't games. Don't lie to me. All their games. But do, we do have a it's, code, but like I was telling you before we started recording, I don't actually know what platform it's for, but we have a code. So at some point, we're going to play Hades. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. It's freaking great. Freaking cool. great. Cool, man. Other than that, I just I started playing East Origin on uh, on Switch. Yeah. Uh, so far, I don't like it as much as East 8 uh, Lacrimosa of Donna, but... I believe this is a remake of the original game. Um, something like that. Let me just check that real quick. Like the most, oh yeah. Looking at all this stuff. It's East, baby. Ugh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So this is this is officially available in English for the first time. There you go. So this is a game that came to Japan, but this is the first time that it's available here. Um, yeah, I'm not as big a fan of this as uh, as i said as uh, as east 8 but i wasn't a huge fan of east 8 either um but yeah I'll, I'll i'll let you know as i get further in um what i'm thinking so it's it's uh it's it's hard to play a top-down action game like hades and then play a top-down action game like east origin and not be like wow this is very bare bones because it's an old yeah. game but uh yeah wasn't well, also yeah. like Ease is like the JRPG equivalent of like a Moe Shonen anime, basically. Kind of. Which yeah. is kind of like you know what you're getting, you know. It's like a yeah. If you're mi- into if you're into it, it's one of those. Yeah, it's like it's like Hashtag people that are into like mystery or romance novels. It's like you know exactly what you're getting. Like you look at the cover, and the cover art alone yeah. tells you what it's what it's about, how many people are involved, and like what sort of conflict there's going to be right so and how and how many abs they have mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. individual mm-hmm. abs yes this guy's got 17 abs i wow. don't know how he got them odd. but he has them odd number yeah he's got that one up top yep. right that, between the pecs that one top ab <laughs> the top ab yeah there was like four different episode titles in there yeah well, that's that's about all I got. Cool. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I can talk about Star Wars Squadrons a little bit. Oh yeah. Tell me about that squad. Sorry. Um. So I got to play Star Wars Squadrons yesterday, which came out today. It, well, it came out like yesterday at nine p.m. You know the whole thing, but it's out today. Um. So you can buy it. You can play it. There aren't any final. Actually, you know, I'm sure there are final reviews right now, but most of the reviews I've seen are not final um, because I think it like it got sent out like day, like only a few days before embargo, which was like, I think yesterday, like the earliest you could play it. Um, But Star Wars Squadrons, it's on PC, PS4 and Xbox One. It's a flight sim combat game, so think x-wing tie fighter x-wing versus tie fighter x-wing alliance those games those really old school pc uh games where literally all you did was fly uh a ship for in the star wars universe and just shoot each other right it's basically that um but there's a couple little things that so this game only costs 40 dollars, which is very cool uh it has a single also it's beautiful 
it's really cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, it's $40. It has a single player campaign, which I've read runs anywhere from six to eight hours, depending on how fast you are. So like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And it's, and I've seen people say like, yeah, it's fine. Like it's a, it's a single player game where you fly an X-Wing and so a like TIE the, fighter. So and like shoot the Battlefront stuff. 2 uh, campaign. I've heard people say it's better. That's fine. I've heard people say it's better than the, ba- I, I'm not a huge, the Battlefront 2 campaign had so much potential that it was just totally untapped. Uh, this feels like it knows exactly what it is. It's like, mm-hmm. yep, you are flying an X-Wing. You're flying a TIE fighter. And we're going to do X-Wing and TIE fighter stuff. Like, we're going to we're gonna fly to this debris and scan it. And then if you're a TIE fighter, like, oh, you're it, like the literally the opening mission of the uh, campaign is like this intro thing where for half of it, you play as the, the Empire and the other half you play as the uh, Rebellion. And you swap back and forth. Um, but it's literally like I'm in a TIE fighter and we're going to this like smuggler spaceport because we think there's uh, Alderanian refugees here. So we're like scanning cargo ships as we fly between the ports. And then all oh man, X-Wings pop like 20 X-Wings pop out because there's like a bunch of, you know, there's like a rebel cell here uh, and then you fight them and stuff like that. Um, so do the do the this may be a dumb question, but mm-hmm. humor me and try to answer. There it are no dumb questions, Brian. Every teacher you've ever had told you that. I th- I think like one teacher. I oh, had almost told every that. teacher I've ever had. Remember, there are no dumb questions. It's like most of them aren't, but there are some. <laughs> but I'm sure so, whatever you're going to ask is not a dumb question. Do the X-wing and Tie fighters feel substantially different to fly? Um, because I, I because in the movies, like in in episode seven, mm-hmm. like uh, Poe comments on how kind of squirrely Tie Fighters are. Yeah. Whoa, like, this thing really you, moves. That line. Yeah, you get the impression that like Tie Fighters and X Wings, like they don't fly the same. Right. Because like Tie Fighters are so, like expendable, really, and they're like super maneuverable. But like I think that the X Wings, other than A Wings, are like the most maneuverable Rebel ship. But they're the fastest too, right? Um, depending on which, depending on whether you have your, your, your wings. Technically, like, I think the A, the or... A wings are faster. They're, they're like the okay. equivalent of the tie interceptor. The one with the like forward kind of. Yeah. 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 Those are meant to be like really fast and, uh, like hit you, you know, fast hit and then like get out. Um, but, yeah. but like when they get hit, they can't really take it. So, um, in terms of feeling, I don't know i know that all the ships have different statistics and i want to say that depending on the ship your like boosts and things are different um Mm -hmm. in in star wars lore tie fighters do not have shields at least the normal tie fighters so when you play as a tie fighter you can't there you can't do anything with shields at all because they don't have shields but um they do have like you know weapon and uh engine capabilities so part of this game too is like you know when you've ever watched like a movie or like star trek or star wars or anything and they're and they're yelling like all power to forward shields you can actually do that in this game um oh cool so you have an intense amount of control over your ship at all times i will i have to say too that i'm playing this on a flight stick i'm not playing this on a controller i have heard that mouse and keyboard is absolutely awful and you should have nothing to do with it it's, it feels terrible. Um, but I've heard controller feels really good, and I'm playing with a flight stick, 
which has a bunch of other buttons and stuff on it. Um, so it's a totally different experience, but I uh, am digging it that way. Um, hmm. Anyway, there's not much else to say about like the that would be a, campaign. That would be a really throwback way to play the game because like, that's is. how I played those older games. Yeah, like I used to play... Uh, and like, when was the last time you played a, a game on stick? I used to exactly. play... Here's exactly. Here's a fun like fact. Like 20 years probably. Fact. That's the funny thing. It's been that I long played, I played Dark Forces 2 yeah, you did. Jedi Knight on a flight stick. Yeah, you did. Well, because back in the day... Like, that's like, how I... Yeah. Yeah, that's how I used to play all those I games. used to play Doom like that back in the day. With I bet Doom feels freaking great still on a flight stick. Probably. Probably. Um But anyway, single player, like you play it, it's it's fine, it's good. It has like some recognizable characters like Hera from Star Wars Rebels, who everyone loves, is in it. Help Hera? You mean Zeus's wife Whoa. from Hades? No. no. Uh Don't cross the streams. Yeah. Whoa. Um Sloan which is like a really uh, popular character from Sloan Kettering. Yeah. I don't think that's her last name. I don't know. No, it's, it's not. not. That's, it's, don't don't uh, worry about it. Commander Sloan, Imperial officer. She's in it. She's from, she's in like tons of the books and comics and stuff. She's not really someone that's shown up in anything animated. So this is like the first time we've seen her like moving around. Basically she's in it like that, that was a little, cool. a little, but it's basically to be like, Hey, I need you to go do this thing. Hey, Sloan's in it. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, that character's in it. And they're just like, you know, oh, we found this debris field where we think the Empire is hiding this. Like, go blow it up. And you're like, sick. That's, you know. Um, so, so it's th- fine. It's basically one of those things where it's like they're putting these characters in there because, one, it looks good on marketing. And, two, it's a character they had. So they didn't have to invent some yeah. baloney other I, character. Sure. I... I I would say that the story is like not it's not bad. Like the writing is pretty good. There's good lines in it and stuff. It's just like it's not like um, it's not not notable. It's not like consequential. It's more just kind of like uh, an excuse. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. It's not like um, it's not going to it's not good. I don't think you should if you just want to play the campaign. This is not you should not buy this game, at least not for forty dollars. Okay. Wait, you know, wait, because it is it is uh, definitely not going to be that type of game. It's not it's not going to be like Jedi Fallen Order, which you feel like this is a full kind of Star Wars story that I'm getting like that has consequences and characters and like things like that. This is like very much sort of stuff happens. Stuff kind of happens and you blow stuff up. That's kind of what it is. Um, So So if that's not what people should buy it for, what are the meat and potatoes of the game? It's definitely the multiplayer. Um which has only two modes, which sounds like what? But just bear with me really quick. There's it's one like two great modes. It depends. Like, well, one of them could be all you one need. One of them is just it's called dogfight, which is basically like deathmatch. It's like fly around this map free and shoot all? each other. Yeah. Well, not free for all. It's you're on teams. So so it's like five, five okay. rebellion, five empire. And you fly around, you shoot each other. That's it. Like it's that, that's about it, which so is basically t- team deathmatch. Yeah. yeah. That's all I've played because to play like what is basically like the premier mode, like what the game is based around, which is called fleet battles. You have to get to rank five, which takes like maybe three or four multiplayer matches to get. I we played like two or three last night, me and a friend, and we got to rank three. So it doesn't take too long. Like It doesn't take an eternity, but um, you definitely have to play a little bit 
which I think is the idea. They want you to like get a little more accustomed to the game before you jump into like this more complex mode, which has like objectives and stages. It's, it's not, it's like a, you know, oh, we need to take out this thing on the Star Destroyers. And so you're like marking targets and like doing bombing runs and all these things. It's not just like straight up deathmatch where you're flying in, around in circles. Okay. So it's, so it's like, uh, so like the first mode is like, Warsong Gulch and the second mode is like Alterac Valley. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would compare it more to like um the first mode is like playing team deathmatch in a battlefield game and then playing fleet battles is like playing the full on uh multiple maps. Maybe not maybe not that, but like a full kind of like the battlefield experience, right? Where you're like we have yeah. to grab this zone. Oh, there's tanks. We need to use these specific things and like coordinate that kind of thing. Um, so I haven't gotten to play that yet. So I don't have any. I don't have any opinion or impressions of that mode. Playing dogfight though, cool. we thought it was going to be really boring. We actually had a great time playing it. But I'm sure. So how long? Hmm? How long do each of those matches, like each of those uh, like dogfighting so matches, last? Dogfight was maybe like seven to ten minutes. Uh, really? That's pretty brisk. Uh, fleet battles are supposed to be like 15 to 20 minutes. They're like, you need to set aside okay, time. Okay, okay. Like, this is like a thing, you know? Um, yeah, okay. So but It's good to know that you can like take a short break, hop into a dogfight, and like, that's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah, the multiplayer is a lot more fleshed out. The, the ships are actually like different. Like I was talking about, like TIE Fighters don't have shields, so you can't be like adjusting shield levels and stuff but they have engine power and, and uh, weapon power. So you actually do have to adjust the power levels of your various things, which sounds like way too intense. But like once you start doing it, it feels amazing, especially when you're on a flight stick and you get behind someone and you can know you're going to take them out and you flick that switch and it's like full power to weapons and you just rail into it. Like it feels so cool. Um, That's awesome. And then when you're getting chased and you're like full power to shields and you're trying to like dodge around them and stuff, it's just, it's really cool. Um, and then you can like balance it out and do all these different things. So like balancing the power levels of your various things like does change the game. So your shields will go down faster if you have full power in anything else. And same with your engines, you won't fly as fast or you can't turn as fast if all of your power is in weapons, right? So you have to like adjust as you're flying and make decisions about like what, where you're putting all your power, or if you're just trying to be like really balanced because you might be getting chased a little bit while you're chasing someone else. So like there is this a little bit more of a meta game, like the battlefront mode is literally just fly around and like shoot and just kind of hope. This feels way more like if I'm really good at flying, I can maneuver and do like, I can literally drift my ship like in Last Jedi when Poe does like the thing where he slams and the X-Wing like drifts can literally do that in this game. So like I've, I I did it a couple of times where you like put all power into engines and you pull back in my case, because you have a flight stick, pull back completely. So you make a complete stop and the ship will turn and then you can full power and like boost out and do like a total 90 degree angle and stuff. There is a there is a huge listeners, learning listeners, curve. You can't see the look on Josh's face, but he is like a little kid in a candy shop right now. I'm not going to lie. He's like, loving it. I, I hadn't played a game like this in so long that I'd forgotten how much I was into this. Like, uh, especially when I was playing the campaign and there's a moment where you're playing 
as an X-Wing and out of this asteroid, like 25 TIE fighters come out and all of a sudden it's like, and all the lasers start going up. Dude, I almost like cried. I was like, I had the volume on my mic, like all the way up. So it's just like all the firing. You can hear your droid when you're like repairing your hull and stuff going when, oh my God, it's, it's like amazing. But it, this all comes with an asterisk. If you are not into flight sims and you are are not uh, and it, like you don't want to play something that has maybe a little bit of a learning curve, this is not for you. Especially, again, if you're like, I want to play the campaign and then just not play anything else. Like unless this is like twenty ten dollars or something and you want to give it a go. Do not buy this uh, at all, because you will just not you will be very disappointed. But that being said, so this is like, so this is like Forza Seven Motorsport instead of like Forza Horizon. It's not yeah, an arcade experience. Sure, it it's is kind of. It's definitely not an arcade experience. It is a little more simmy. I wouldn't say it's like Flight Simulator, you know, but um, it does have a lot of controls, especially if you're using a Hotus like me, like a stick and everything, because there's all these buttons. You can map literally everything. So like, you can map. You have abilities that you can like earn and do. So like one of them that you get immediately is like repair your hull. And I don't have enough buttons on my thing to have it. So it just it's on my stuff. But I actually kind of like this because so I have the stick here and the throttle here. My keyboard is in the middle. So when you do repair hull or whatever, you see your hand in game go like push the button and stuff to like tell your droid like repair like I'm hurt, you know. But because I don't have enough buttons to pull that off, I have to literally reach to my keyboard to push it. And so it kind of feels kinda like adds it kind of adds yeah. to it. At first, I was like, God, that's annoying. But then I started doing it where I'm like, crap. And you like maneuver under the map or something so you can hide. And then you're like pulling down the throttle and like reaching forward to push Q so that your shields and hull will like start coming back. It It has like a feeling like I'm doing this like i'm not just hitting a button on a controller which you are if you're playing on controller which i've my friend was playing and he said it it works great and most of the people that i've talked to or heard who are mostly playing on controller are like yeah it feels awesome on a controller like everything's within reach it controls really well like it's totally a cool and acceptable experience like you'll have a great time you'll have fun you won't feel like your hand behind your back or anything right but it's just kind of like if you want that if you feeling, the next level of the yeah, experience, then yeah. you definitely want to try and get a HOTUS. But the only problem is that, and I'm really happy I bought one before, uh, it was like the minute that EA was like, oh, by the way, HOTUS sticks will work on console. So if you're playing on Xbox or PlayStation 4, you can use a stick. And I was like, I better just <laughs> buy one right now. So I bought this one called the Thrustmaster 4. It was 80 bucks. It works on PS4 and PC. And it works. It totally works fine. Like it without without any any uh, problems. But I I will say if you are someone that's like you used to play X Wing versus Tie Fighter or like Rogue Squadron back in the day, and you really want to get that like feeling again, especially if you're going to invest in like a flight stick or you already have one, like you're going to eat this game up because it has been literally decades since they've made anything like this and. The fact that it's like this good and has like so much cool support. There's no microtransactions. It's fully HOTUS supported. You can remap everything. 
Um, there's like all these cool cosmetics that you can earn again, totally free because there's no microtransactions. Like, um, it's just a really cool game, man. But it, it, it does come with that caveat. Like if you're like a very casual Star Wars fan and you don't think you want to play something that is a little more involved and a little more simulation like you might not like this and so you might be okay and, and focused waiting. on multiplayer and yeah. very much focused on multiplayer you might be okay waiting but if you are someone like me who grew up playing x-wing versus tie fighter and stuff on a flight stick on pc and you were like obsessed with it and it's been literally decades since you've played that you're gonna eat this game up it also has full vr support um by the way which is what i was gonna bring up mm -hmm. i was gonna be like yo if it's that good with that, the only downside of playing in VR, I would think would be, it would be really, it would be more difficult to play on stick. It depends. It depends on how your stick is mapped. Like if you have, my dad plays a lot of star citizen. So he has a POTUS set up and his is like insane. Like he 3d printed all these things. So he has like switches and like buttons and all kinds of crazy. That's crap. nuts. So <laughs> if he was to do it in VR, he'd probably have a hard time because he literally couldn't see his buttons and things. But if you were doing yeah. it on in a way where you had all of your things ready, just on the stick or on your throttle and stuff, and you could feel it at all times, you probably would have a lot easier, a lot easier of a time. Good luck hitting repair. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh, um, and then if you're but playing yeah, on a controller, awesome. you just know based on the feeling and stuff. But yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Like, I feel like VR is where the controller would kind of get the edge out because like it's it, like everything is. Right it does there. look really cool in VR. We streamed it on GameSpot today. Uh, Rob streamed it in VR. So I watched a little bit of it and he seemed like he was having a good time. Everybody in the chat was like, this looks amazing. I feel like because because also in VR, there is a free look option. There's like a way to do free look and then when you move the thing around you can look around the cockpit i never use it but in vr you just look like if you're in an yeah. a-wing and it's the whole around you is glass you can just look up and be like there's a tie fighter up there and then pull up and, and then stuff. pull up and shoot them um yeah. so all that looks that really cool awesome. i will say also last thought because i'm i'm really into it i think it's really cool again all the caveats i've said before if you don't th if this is if you don't think this is for you wait if you think this is for you, you probably are right. But just, you know, I, I wouldn't I, I also I wouldn't get it if you were just going into the single player. It's not going to be that kind of experience. But um, this is the first game where I've ever had one of those moments that felt like a Star Wars movie in a multiplayer match where my friend was like, I'm being chased and I happened to see him. And I flew behind and killed the person that was chasing him. First time <laughs> that has ever happened in a video game. And it was amazing where I was like, I got you. And I like fired a freaking torpedo at the guy and some things. I can't and, shake him. And he went down and you fly by and the explosion goes past you. And you're just like, God damn, this is amazing. And they're like, um, thanks. Yeah. It's uh watch it red five. You got one on yeah. your tail. I think the squad in here in the multiplayer is called like, vanguard it's like vanguard squad or something like that um and then i think uh the empire is called like titan squad or something something like that something along those lines and the care also the characters talk there's a little bit of character customization because like before you go in a match you're all around that like table you know that you see in like return of the jedi like all your characters the mon mothma it. like yeah. strategy table and so you can um you can uh like do little emotes that are like waves and and stuff or like point at each other 
Um, you pick like a face basically, and then you get like different helmets and outfits that you can pick. And then you also pick a voice. So when uh, there's all these different voices um, and no matter what face and body type and stuff you pick, you can pick any voice. Um, That's cool. It is. It's, it's, it's cool. It's neat. Uh, and there's like different voice. So I picked like hotshot a or it's something. It's so funny and- that like things like that, that like back in the day would have been considered bugs are now features. features yeah it's like oh i can put any voice like, to wait, anyone you can pick you can pick a feminine voice as a as a as a yeah. guy like i feel like in the 80s or whatever it would have been like it would have been like oh that's weird mm-hmm. for whatever reason you can pick the woman voices with the man bodies and now mm-hmm. it's like it's like there's all kinds of voices that people have man yeah, just pick like, one um and you can change them at any time if you decide like i don't like this face oh, anymore, that's cool you can just flick it on and off which is I, every game should do that in my opinion all the time yeah. just let you, me change you should never you should never be locked into like yeah Liter- literally no the reason the game. there's literally no reason to do it other than maybe some system issue and even then i'm like just fix it just let me do it yeah know? um yeah yeah very cool very cool game uh there's just a lot of little things it's like i could go on forever it's got like all the sounds and all the like just you know all of the like star wars sounds you would expect and like want like even before a match is starting when you're in the ship, I haven't heard from the Imperial side and I assume it is the sound, but in the um, rebellion side, it does that like, we sound that like you hear oh, in a the, new hope, the, the klaxons yeah. or whatever, so you, have, like, a little, the, you have a little countdown, like we're all standing around the table and you can like mess with your loadout and stuff. But in the last 10 seconds, it starts doing like the alert sound, like battle stations, sort of, I assume the, uh, the empire one is that like loud, like one, you know yeah um it's just really cool what a cool game man i can't wait to play more honestly and it has crossplay. that's awesome so oh it does yep from the get-go you just add uh your nice. ea friend or whatever because you have like a little origin id or ea name you just add them and bam play yeah the future is coming the future is now sony the future is now just had to end yes, it like sony. had to end it that Get way with it yeah cool Man. Yeah, almost a two-hour episode. <laughs> almost. And all we did was just oh, all we did was just talk about some games and stuff. That's true. We did. Like, we we're in that pretty, season, man. There's a lot of cool stuff coming out. There is. There is. I can't wait to get back to some of it. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for joining us for episode 157 mm-hmm. of the Platformers. If you've got opinions on anything we said in this or any previous episode, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X, and you can find us together at Platformers Pod, even though we don't really tweet that often because I, I'm going to be honest, I'm limiting my Twitter you should. Uh, kind of interactions. I, and uh, I only look so at DMs means... and notifications, and I've done that for over a year now, and it's helped tremendously. Yeah, uh, these fields will lie fallow for a while, mm-hmm. my friends. So, where can they find you, Josh? So you can find me on Twitter at the Jawa Josh. I tweet occasionally, but um, I don't look at the feed. So, uh, and then you can find all the cool video essay stuff I do at YouTube.com/slash/BrainTap. The channel update that I mentioned last week is live, so talk about a couple things upcoming there and stuff. Dracula video still pretty far off. We have the t- first 10 minutes about semi-locked in. There's a couple of errors that need to get fixed, but other than that, that's semi-locked in, and it's starting to, like, 
ramp up because the like 20, you know, movies and things that I had to capture, all that's basically done. So now it's a lot of it's plugging in and rewriting and a couple things. So we're, that's finally ramping up a little bit. So hopefully in the next like couple weeks that comes out. But boy, howdy, is it huge. Um, nice. And I, I think that's it. I don't really have much else other than those cool. two things. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, review us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you have a good time with the show, tell friends about it because we don't advertise. So that's the only mm-hmm. way uh, that people will hear about it and that we will grow. From everybody here at The Platformers, we hope that you have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Because until next time, we are out. Let's see what happens when I get really close to the mic. What the fuck? Oh my god. Whoa.